1: When we did the interview with You Might Be the Killer, we were sitting outside of an ice cream shop and it was pretty windy, but we went back to it the following day when it was way less windy, so I could talk to Jason Trost, uh J Tro of the FP and now the FP2 Beats of Rage. Jason is just such an articulate, he's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing, he knows what these films are, even if the critics just don't get it. Um, there was a moment that happened immediately after we shut off the microphones where he was talking about how one critics review, uh, said that they beat, beat the franchise to death. And Jason is such a, a smart, funny guy where in his mind he was like, well, they just gave me the tagline for part three now. Cause that's brilliant. Um, you do not want to be sleeping on the FP2 if you love the FP1. You're and if you haven't seen the FP yet, you should absolutely make it a priority. It's it's such a fun parody of bad 80s films but with a real genuine seriousness to it. So, enjoy the interview uh, and I want to give a quick shout out to Frank Sanders. Uh, you've seen him post in our group, I'm sure, if you're on our Facebook group. I've known Frank for 15 years through Geekscape. He is one of the most incredible human beings. He's just so funny and opinionated and talented and smart. So I want you guys to, to if you see him posting in the chat, you know, congratulate him on the fact that He went from being a super fan of the FP to being the first AD and appearing in the FP2. That's something that most of us only dream about. And he worked hard and built relationships and was vocal about his opinion and became genuine friends with the person who created his favorite movie of all time. And... I find that so inspirational. So he doesn't talk too much on here because it's mostly a dialogue between Jason and I, but I want to give him a shout out. So you know, go and support Frank. He's always working on some unique and cool little shorts, and I, I'd love to see what more comes from him in the future. But check out FP2, and if you're still unsure, listen to this interview with Jason first, and then go check out the FP and the FP2. guys. Uh, multiple times on the podcast we've talked about the masterpiece that is uh, the FP, and I am honored to be sitting here with Jtro and the rest of uh, a pretty decent chunk of the FP team if you guys all want to introduce yourselves real quick. Hi, I'm Jason Trost. I'm Talay Wickham.
0: Frank Sanders.
1: Alright. <laughs> uh, and I'm Frank, uh, some of you might recognize that name because he posts pretty frequently on our Horror Movie Night Facebook page, and Frank, I've known for fucking, what, 15 years? At least 15 years. <laughs> At least yeah. 15 years. And uh, Jason and I have been friends on Facebook ever since the first FP yeah. came out. So, since Jonathan London. Yeah, so I've been wanting to sit down and talk with you for a while. So let's talk FP2 first. We'll start there. There's a couple things I want to talk about. We'll start there. Sure. Had the premiere last night. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you. Uh,
0: were you satisfied with how things went with the screening? Yeah, I was, I was super satisfied with how it went. It's, uh, I think it's a typical FP movie. The critics hated it and the fans loved it. It's definitely an FP film. And, I mean, whose opinion do you really care about more? Uh, probably the fans who funded the movie and came there to see it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, if you're a fan of the first FP... Then you need to see the second one because you're going to be a fan. If you weren't a fan of the FP, there's really no reason to see the second We're one. in the wrong room anyway. And, and if you haven't seen the FP, what the fuck's wrong with you? Go see the FP. Is That's basically how it breaks down. Uh, what I really liked about this particular sequel is, and you talked about this a little bit, but for me, I always felt like uh, the first FP was you taking a lot of the tropes and things that we love about, like an 80s action slash sci-fi movie. Right. And taking it very seriously, but the comedy being the absurdity of the situation while fuf- while fulfilling those tropes. And I think in this one, you did that exact same thing with 80s action and sci-fi sequel tropes.
0: Yes, that, that was exactly the point. This one, it's a different joke. I mean, it's the same universe, but... I mean most of the time If you do a sequel Of a comedy It's like the Hangover sequel Or like the Plus One sequel It's like Oh it's the same exact movie But this time It's in Thailand yeah. You know that, I didn't want to do that I wanted to do A totally different joke And I want to do The batshit crazy sequels From the 80's Like you know Temple of Doom Like what the fuck Is that movie doing In that <laughs> franchise But it's kind of great Because it's just bonkers and i wanted to just really blow it up and take it to the next level and i thought with this one it's like we can do the obvious sequel which is just same story again with the same with just bigger jokes or is it the bigger joke is that the movie's twice as serious as the first one was and that ultimately is to me is funnier because it's even more sarcastic
1: Uh, And I don't want to give away too much of this movie, but I will say the opening shot really sets the mood when you have this beautiful drone shot of this mountainscape and just a child's voice talking about a prophecy. And you're just like, oh, okay, I know what this is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was exactly the idea. We wanted to set the tone right away That's like, this is a different movie. These are the, you know, similar characters, but we're going to go to a different place and expand the world. Like, I th- for me, it's like the first one's about, like, what is this little world? What is Beat Beat? And this one I really wanted to expand, like, what is the tro lineage? What's the mythology? What's the world out there? I wanted to really push the boundaries of, like, what this is and expand it. Because I always think the best sequels are ones where it's like you develop the characters further and the world. It's not just the same thing again.
1: This was very much... Uh if, if the first FP was was Mad Max, you definitely went full out, like, Beyond Thunderdome and Road Warrior in this one.
0: Yeah, exactly. Actually, that was that's the main comparison. Because I remember watching the first Mad Max again for the first time since I was, like, a kid before we did this movie. And it's was such like, a normal it's movie. It's so normal. It's like, is it even in the post-apocalypse? Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe. And then Road Warrior is full-blown, like, we're in it. And that's what I really wanted to do with this one. Because I always thought that was genius. Where it's like, I feel like they kind of were figuring out what... You know, Mad Max wasn't the first one. And they're like, okay. Somebody obviously saw it and was like, I think it's post-apocalypse. And the studio ran with it. And that's kind of <laughs> what we did in this one. Because the first one wasn't really post-apocalypse. And then Draft House picked it up. And in the back of the box cover, they're like, and this dystopian post-apocalypse future. And it's was like, if you say so, let's do it. <laughs> and then we just went with that for the next one.
1: Well, and you have... Um, what I love about these movies, I think it's part of the thing that people connect with this movie... Is that you have a, your own vernacular all over the movie, right? And it it almost requires multiple watchings to cap capture all of the like catchphrases and slogans and mm-hmm. nicknames. And uh, it took me a solid minute to get the uh, TLDR. Joke in the middle of this one. Oh, yeah. And I, like when it finally clicked in my head, I like
0: started laughing my balls off yeah, in the there's, theater. There's a lot of that in there, and it's like <laughs> it takes a minute to acclimate to how wacky and crazy it is. It's like you almost need subtitles where it's like almost our own language. And like that's the thing. I know some people might be bummed out that we've changed some of the vernacular from the first one, but my thing is it's 10 years later, it's a different generation, and like slangs don't stay the same for No, never. You have to evolve <laughs> the language because if we did the same thing again, we're going to go back to the I don't want to make the same fucking movie again because if you want to watch the first FP, go watch the the first fp
1: well and i think that in this movie specifically what i really liked was your character specifically Tro. seems like he's almost the audience perspective in a lot of scenes yeah. where it's this whole land of crazy and then he's mm-hmm.
0: like the only logical person that's just like this is fucking crazy Yeah, <laughs> I, I always thought that that was like for me like comedy that works the best is that like you have to do it where it's like everyone around you is nuts and the main character is like the voice of the audience or it has to be the main character's crazy and everybody else is sane. Yeah, it's not fun you know, just you, watching if all If everyone's nuts, then it's, it just doesn't work because you need to have somebody who's like, wait a second.
1: And I think that the other thing, and this is something that you and I had talked about maybe doing a podcast years ago. We right. never got onto it. But the difference between something like the FP and something like Kung Fury right? that feels very inauthentic with its 80s nostalgia versus this doesn't have to be an 80s movie it just has that feel of an 80s movie
0: yeah i always wanted to make it like this is just a lost movie that you could it could have been made it could have come out in the 80s and 90s and you just didn't hear about it yeah and you just found it i didn't the the thing my problem with things like you know the kung furies and the turbo kids and things like that is they do something i hate which is they their jokes come through making talented actors act poorly on purpose yeah but i thought that the the gem of like these old movies that I grew up on, these exploitation movies and why I loved them, it's a bunch of really untalented people trying as hard as they can to do a good job. And that's where it comes from. It's like the, the joke for me, and like it's so earnest, because these people are trying as hard as they can. They're not joking, yeah. but it, they're just failing. And that's the whole deal with the FP, is that the comedy for me is that it, the concept is the dumbest thing you'll ever think of, but in this world, it's Braveheart. Have like, ever- to every character in the movie, to them. And that's what I told the actors, like, do you want me to do this, like, than I'm like, no, You're like this is, this is like a scene from Braveheart. You have to treat it that seriously. Have you seen uh, The Lost Skeleton of Cadaver? I have never even heard of that. Okay, so there's this
1: film, The Lost (laughs) Skeleton of Cadaver, and I think you'll appreciate this because it sounds very similar to what you did with the FP. Right. Uh, It was made by almost exclusively Academy Award-winning actors that went out to make a long-lost 50s sci-fi movie. Oh, that sounds amazing. And in the commentary track, he says, we weren't playing the roles of the characters. We played the roles of the actors who were playing those characters. So, like, when we deliver our lines we can't just deliver it bad. We have to deliver it as a guy who deep down in his heart thinks that this is the moment that's going to get him a career. And it it is a very different style Mm -hmm. than just being like, I'm wacky, I can't act. It's like, no, having that, what's the actor who's playing this role's motivation behind (laughs) the scenes is really what makes it work.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's, that's the joke to me. That's that's the hard joke. The easy joke is to wink at the camera and just call out your references and all that stuff as they're happening. Or you can just not treat your audience like an idiot and just make a real movie and see if they get it. And there's going to be another one, right? I mean, I, I hope
1: so. We'll see if the fans like it. Yeah. I mean, I believe you promised uh, this time next year there'd be another one.
0: Oh, God, I hope so. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really remember too much of what happened last night. but uh, I, I can't, People got married? I'm not sure if I was there. Yeah, that definitely happened. That was great. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, that was amazing. Uh... So this guy, Hunter Armstrong, on my Facebook fan page, he came to me a while ago and told me his story with him and his now wife, Maggie, that they, they met over their love of the first FP film. And it was, it was this really cute story to where she was they're both like avid dance dancers or whatever, and they were Skypings so they were long distance at this point when they just met. And then he runs off the Skype because she's like, have you heard of this movie, the FP? And he runs off to go get the Indiegogo package from the first run, rips open a package as a signed FP DVD for me. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah I have. And that was the moment that she said yes that that's when she knew she was gonna marry him. <laughs> and then long story short, they uh invited us to the wedding and they had to put in this lottery to get the wedding uh, venue so they had no idea when it was going to happen i had no idea if or when we were going to screen here and it all happened on the same day World oh, premiere and their fantastic and like our movie could have played at five their wedding was at five and <laughs> so it was midnight like so many things had to fall into place that worked out beautifully and, and now they
1: have a sweet ass wedding photo of an entire
0: audience with eye patches that, that was so amazing <laughs> i, I love that they could come and we could get them in and everything just that was awesome like the stuff like that like that's why you do this it makes like the you know working on these things for like three years actually worth it because you know it's cool like how, how neat is it that you affected someone's life positively like that that's that's
1: i mean i think that that's the biggest
0: success story yeah. of all of fantastic I, Fest, I, I could, Really, i could retire now and be completely happy but i think we want a third yeah, movie yeah, no, you'll, you'll get it <laughs> you'll get it some way somehow all right so where can people go to check out the
1: fp2 do you have a release date do you have uh any of that figured out just I, yet i have
0: no idea like we're trying to see if investor or not investors uh, distributors if they're interested or what's going on with that i'm not sure yeah we got another screening here at fantastic fest if all that goes to hell i'll just continue on doing it the way we've done the rest of the movie which is just ourselves and just find some way to release it and ourself like we've got lots of uh, other screenings and film festivals and platforms coming up so if we do decide to launch ourselves we'll use that sort of momentum to push it out and see what happens all right and where can people stay on top of what's happening uh just on my facebook page the fan page that's i'm the most active there it's always easy to get me just instant message me whatever i'll get back to you unless i'm drinking or something and <laughs> all right well thank you so much Trail. You no know, thank you it's a pleasure